Welcome back. Welcome back. To Pop Opinions. Pop Opinions. Episode 137. Ha ha ha. Today is a comedian day, so I put on our board. Ha ha ha. Cuz it's funny. Is it? I don't know. Yeah, that could be funny. Yeah. Okay, so how you doing? Uh, I am good. Thank you for asking, Jack. I um want to talk about a wow, that's not really Canadian. I want to talk about a boot. boot. Um, The show that we watched on the weekend. Currently watching. You are currently watching it. I watched the entire thing with your father. Um, It is eight or not ten episodes. Uh, Eight. Eight Eight episodes. They're like 25 to 30 minutes each. It's not long. We watched it an entire Saturday night because... It's just like unlike anything you've ever seen before. Like it's just so well done. Anyways, it is called Jury Dirty. Wow. Jury Duty. Mm-hmm. And it is uh, like you can look up the synopsis. I'm not ruining anything. But it is basically a case with a jury and everyone except one person are all acting. So this one person thinks that this is like a real case. It's in like a like a jury like it's in a courtroom courtroom it's like legit that so he also thinks it's like a documentary about juries too so that's why there are cameras there but there's also a lot of hidden cameras and so i think they're sequestered for 17 to 20 days so it this takes course over this almost three week period and the acting is extraordinary because they although they have a loose script you don't know how he this guy's going to react, right? So you have to have like, okay, these are the things that are going to happen, but like we can have A, B, C, D scenarios. So you just don't know, right? Anyways, it was so fascinating. She come, oh. We left the door open for the dog, so she doesn't bark. And now she's at the door saying hi. Um, anyways, it was just so cool. And we just couldn't, like there were moments when I felt bad for him. Like I was like, he's just not like in on the joke and I felt bad for him. And then it's so funny because they put him through the ring. Like it's just, you would think this is so ridiculous, but he takes it so seriously and he's so sweet and it's so good. And manages to just like roll with the punches, especially because uh, James Marsden is the only person you would recognize and he's just himself being in this court being in this like yeah. playing an, an eccentric version yes. like where he's just like he has this movie that he's doing but he can't tell anyone about it but he keeps telling people about it yeah. and they're running lines together and he calls paparazzi on himself like he to me outside of the real person is the funniest part because oh, he's amazing he's one of those actors that's perfectly famous enough that like if we saw him we'd be like oh yeah that's james marston but like most people wouldn't really know who that is and everyone does a good job of acting being like yeah no i don't really recognize hey, I don't, him i don't really know you and he's like naming all his credits and he has a lot of credits like if you look him up he he does have a lot he is so funny in it and he doesn't have to be sequestered because he pays this, like, what this is what the guy thinks, that he's paid. Sorry, you're not there yet? Yeah, yeah, you, yeah. yeah that was at the very beginning. Um, he thinks he's paid, um, like, a... A private bailiff to... To stay with him. Yeah, and so tries he, to get him to live in his guest house, but he calls it a casita, I yeah. think. And he's like, God, he he insisted on staying in my house instead of my guest house. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, he's so... Um, just over the top and just egocentric and it is it is so funny and this guy he's just like 
like God bless him. He's the sweetest thing ever. Like he's just so, I mean, there are a couple moments where he's like, this is real. This cannot be real right now. Like he has moments because you're just like, you, you just couldn't make this up. Right. If you tried anyways, it's really good. I highly recommend it. It's a fast watch. So you're not committing to like hours and hours. Like we watched it all in one night because we were just like, I can't wait. Like one would end and we were like, we just, you just can't, you're just like, I just need more. What episodes do you guys make it to? I think we're on episode five. Okay. Yeah. Save a few more. I just, the, the la- I can't wait for you to watch the last episode so we can talk about it. Not on here because I wouldn't want to ruin it for anyone, but I just want to talk about the last episode. So anyways, that's how I'm doing. <laughs> the weather is really nice. Um, we haven't heard back from Money Island, everyone, but we'll keep you posted. They said it would take a week to two months. They said they've gotten about 5,000 applicants so far. So it's a lot. Um, but not everyone's done a video because she sent out a thing saying yeah, I like thought you, you said ha- I sent that to me saying that we had to make a video and I was like, but we but we did. Yeah, no, I was saying like because she was like, yeah, you can fill out the application, but it's gonna do much better if we see a video. And I was like, oh, we did a video. <laughs> so yeah, and how are you doing, Jack? Uh, I'm good. Uh, last week saw Guardians of the Galaxy. Yes, Volume Three. Uh, again, no spoilers or anything like that. Just that it is uh, the end of a trilogy, especially knowing that James Gunn's moving on to DC. So we're not going to see this group together again. It was devastating. It was funny. It was beautiful. The music, as always, is amazing. I think that's something for, for the future to, I don't know, rank as hard, but just like talk about how great those soundtracks are for those movies. Yeah. Because this one especially uses a little, like, before it's more of, like, 70s, 80s, which is what Peter Quill, like, grew up with. But this one uses a little bit more modern music. But I don't want to, like, it's just, it's used perfectly. Yeah. And I would say the best MCU fight scene I've ever seen. Wow. Okay. So we are going to see it this weekend. Mm -hmm. Probably. Like, we're, like, 90% sure. You never know by the time we get to the Friday night thing for me but yeah no I think we're going we're going for sure right that's a lot of I think we're maybe I know I know I know because it's just Friday nights are tough for me and we're having company and then it's Mother's Day and so it's just like oh it's like busy but I do want to see it it's worth it I know I don't want to see it in the theater too I don't want to see it at home the big it is a big it's a spectacle yeah, I like a spectacle. And so. it'll be a fun uh, if you can. There's a character. Uh, there is a character who is not a human, but it's interesting that if you're going to be able to guess who the voice is. Oh, great. I love that. Because I did not. And I was so confident. And then we got to the end and I saw who it was. And I was like, oh. That was not nope. who you thought. Okay, great. So, yeah. Doing, doing good. Sports, playoffs. Busy. Yeah. Fun. It's a big game. It is a big game for for the Leafs, which we talked about yesterday, two days ago on the on the Joe Show. Uh, the Leafs made the second round and are promptly. So uh, by the time this airs, they will either be just barely have made it alive, or they're out, right? Yeah, it'll be it'd be game game five coming back to Toronto if if they win. Yeah, big big if there. Ooh, stressful. Yeah, not stressful is our episode today, except for nice your doing your top 10 but well yeah 
Uh, we have our IMC stand-up edition. Uh, you watched Make Happy from Bo Burnham, and I watched The Age of Spin by Dave Chappelle, which was the return, the big Netflix deal he got, like $20 million. I think I don't know if it was per show or if it was for those first two shows. Um, and then we're doing our top 10 stand-up performances. Uh-oh. Top 10. Top 10. Top 9. Um so yeah, that's and that was a struggle for me to get to nine. Uh, rock, rock paper scissors shoot. Rock paper scissors shoot. shoot. Tried to hit me with the uh, second. I doubled scissor. No. Mm, no. Yep. No. Mm. <laughs> I used the scissor twice in a twice row. in a row. Mm-hmm. And he beat me. I went. I went with, with the rock. rock. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm gonna go first. Great. Uh, so, like I said, Dave Chappelle, I watched uh, 2017's The Age of Spin, uh, directed by Stan Lathan, because at this point, stand-up shows need a director. Like, okay. they are a lot of different, especially Bo Burnham uses a lot of different angles. With Dave Chappelle, it's not really that crazy, but he's also, like, Lathan is also an executive producer, so it's kind of one of those just, like, credits. I'm sure it's just one of your... One of your friends. Uh, this was filmed at the Hollywood Palladium. Mm-hmm. Um, so this was a, a two two show Netflix special, but I just watched the the first heart first part. The second one uh, was Deep in the Heart of Texas, uh, which is also a fun one. I think that might be one where he's smoking on stage the whole time. The whole time. I haven't seen them, but I I know that this one like, he wasn't. Okay. But he you could tell in between jokes he's used to having a cigarette on stage because he would kind of just like touch his lips. Oh, okay. And also, uh, I don't think I wrote it down, but when he laughs, uh, like when he really laughs, he definitely has his phone on in his pocket because he smacks the mic against his leg, and you can hear like a pretty like sizable noise. Oh, okay. When he's like really made himself laugh, which is funny. Um, so it had been ten years since he'd performed in L.A. At this point. Um, he tells the story about being booed off stage in Detroit and kind of like says that he wasn't, he was booed, but he didn't get off stage. Yeah. I'm not getting off. And everyone thought he was drunk, but it actually turned out he was high. Oh, okay. and then kind of had a moment of like snapping out of it. And then pe- this lady chants, like we, people were saying, we want our money back. And he said it was a moment of racial harmony after, uh, I think it was a black woman, was like, we want our money back. And then some conservative white guy was like, yeah. And he was like, <laughs> that, was a, that was a tough moment for me. Oh, boy. Um, so then he tells this, oh, it's just kind of story after story, but he has a friend. They're leaving a club together and he notices Dave is stumbling a bit. So he says, you know, give me your keys. Like, I'm going to drive you home. You know, I don't want you to, to risk like risk anything um then that designated driver gets pulled over because he was swerving mm-hmm. and uh everything seems fine and he's has this like oh i'm like playing with the radio and everything's fine then suddenly i look in the rearview mi- mirror and he's getting pushed up against the car and he had blown over the the legal limit and got arrested okay so then uh the officer's telling him you know um we're gonna have to uh, arrange for a ride home your car is going to get impounded and dave's just kind of like i can't really do that so then the officer says to him i'll let you blow for it oh boy and then he oh, says boy. like yeah. he's kind of questioning like oh god like what what's about to happen he's like if you blow the below the limit on the breathalyzer i'll let you drive home and he was like oh my god i thought you were trying to get your dick sucked <laughs> hey, there's uh, there's other words thrown in there yeah, yeah. um 
so but while they're getting pulled over there was concern in the car but then he says you know we're both black but i'm black and dave Chappelle, right which the officer recognized him almost immediately and he ended up blowing below the legal limit and drove home nice oh that's good i guess yeah uh then he was talking about how his um you know if his career's gone really downhill if he's on Dancing with the Stars. Oh, okay. So then I just, ha- he does this so well and it's hard to explain it, but he's standing there, you know, after their dance and they're standing there with their arms on their hips and yeah. they're like breathing really heavily. And he's mm-hmm. like, can you imagine if they're trying to like judge my cha-cha and I'm just standing there like. <laughs> <laughs> and just- so yeah. he d- is not doing Dancing with the Stars. Um, then- he would just win though. Like, I don't even understand. I wouldn't even want to be on that right he would just win or he'd be out the first week yeah because he couldn't move like zendaya did it when you look back on that it's like yeah like how long ago though yeah like a long like Like when she was a teenager she was just kind of i think getting out of yeah i think she was just like getting out of that uh then just to bring back to this moment of 2017 he's talking about the show making a murderer okay and he said the only thing he really needed was a black juror because a black juror would be the only person to say you know what maybe the police did this right <laughs> uh he's also was watching the people vs oj show which begins this great this great bit and this is why the show is so great because He's met OJ four times, and throughout the show, he just weaves in these stories about meeting OJ Simpson. Um, so the first time he was 18, and he had just done a show, and he says, um, so I go to the green room, and he's there with his, and he pauses and goes, there's no good way to say this. His soon-to-be-slain wife oh boy, was yeah. also there who embraced him, and he has this joke of like... Um, what she was hugging him for a really long time and he said like are you trying to get us both killed he didn't Uh, say that but he's like i wish i did right right um then he talks about uh there aren't as many black people at his show and he thinks that's due to internet connection oh that just everyone else has better internet connection that's funny um so then he's uh offered the chance to go to a flint water um or like uh charity benefit thing in yeah. flint michigan to with the, the water, water crisis yeah um instead chris rock calls him and says i have a ticket to the oscars do you want to come right. and he goes yeah i'm on my way to the airport i'll meet you there <laughs> um and then there was something about like a it, this was the boycott of the oscars that oh, okay. year yeah and yep. then he said um i i wasn't working for 10 years no one else stopped working mm-hmm. and he's like i had to watch key and peel do my show right which was a pretty it was like the biggest like whoa reaction of i don't know if he doesn't like those guys but they were they were doing the Chappelle show yeah yeah but just in their in their own way yeah um then at the oscars he meets this producer who is for story purposes he is gay okay and he's like it's one of those you just kind of tell and he yeah he he did a voice and everything so then he talks about um do you have any ideas and he's like i had no ideas but you can't tell people you don't have ideas so i was like yeah i have this idea for a gay superhero and like goes through this like whole backstory about him be and then no one can recognize the superhero because he's gay and always changes his outfits Mm. So yes. they never know who it is. Right, right. Then there was a second second producer there um, that he said was a text seemed like a Texan with money. Mm-hmm. So his second idea was for a superhero um, that needs to that has um, all the all the powers of Superman, but like 
is less egotistical, something along the or like more American. Okay. More American focused. Uh, but he needs to uh, pat vaginas to yes. activate his powers, and he's yeah. like nothing too crazy, just like a couple pats. Uh, but then people, uh, these women don't believe him, so he uh, has to sexually assault them. Oh, okay. He uses the other word, but okay. I'll just say sexually assault. Yeah, yeah. Um, and he does that to save people. Oh, it's so nice of him. So then he's like, and he's like, and that's the audience's dilemma, <laughs> is he saves more than he does the other thing. Right. But he still does the other thing. Yeah. So then that's your that's your dilemma. Um, which brings us to the second time he met OJ, which was right after the trial. He's in a restaurant. Um, he saw Al Cowlings and OJ walked up to the table, shook his hand and said he clearly didn't remember beating me the first time. Mm. So that was and then uh, one of the agents he was sitting with said, how could you? Mm. This being after the trial and he was acquitted. Um, <laughs> and he says, listen. He ran for 11,000 yards and he was acquitted. <laughs> right. And then he just kind of goes like, glove didn't fit. Yeah. Um, and he talks about how uh, the U.S. atomic bombed the masculinity out of Asia. Oh, okay. How they're a lot more like, it's like we atomic bombed them and then they're just drawing Hello Kitty forever and oh. that there are just not as many manly men in Japan, but it wasn't like. I don't know the way he says Not it. Not derogatory. No, but he yeah. was just like we just bombed bombed the masculinity out of there. Yeah. Um, and then he talks about his uh, wife's gay friends who he doesn't like, but not because they're gay, but just based on the merit of their character. Okay, perfect. Um, and then um, he just says like I miss Bruce, like I miss Bruce Jenner, and he oh. talks about what a superhero Bruce Jenner was, and now it's Caitlyn, and he was surprised by. Um, the media's reaction that they were so open and, you know, goodbye, Bruce, hello, Caitlin, that kind of like support for him. Right. And then he's talking about the LGBTQ and he just says it at that point. Um, <laughs> he says that um, transgender people are beating black people right now at the dis- or at the uh, discrimination Olympics. Oh, boy. Um, so that was that was a very good joke. Uh, we bring to our third time meeting O.J. Simpson. Um, it was after the second season of Chappelle's show. Um, he's at his show, um, and he said it's one of the nicest people he's ever met. And he actually has a joke where like he's on stage and the door to the green room is like right on the stage. So he's like, I'm looking at OJ and I give him a little signal that like, I see you. Mm-hmm. And he's like, and I go and I walk backstage and OJ's already in the room. Yeah. He's just waiting there for me. And he sat there with his friends and they just, you know, talked and pleasantries. And then he walked out of the room and they all talked about what a great person this was. <laughs> and they also said, he did that shit. Oh, no. <laughs> also threw in another word that, and a word that Dave Chappelle could say that yes. I can't. Yes. Um, then he talks about why he um, doesn't let people have their phones at his show. And he's like, you know, we just need a break from technology and... Um, he talks about how he watched the Challenger explode mm-hmm. when he was in school yeah. to the point where his teacher just kind of looked at everyone and said, you guys can go home mm-hmm. after watching this. These people all die yeah, on TV. Yeah, it was pretty traumatic for sure. I remember that too, yeah. Um, then, surprisingly, 42 minutes and 23 seconds, we get a title drop. Nice. He talks about how this is the age of spin. And I don't remember if he said this is the hardest time or the best time to live I think he said best at, at this time. Uh, then he talks about how he grew up uh, with the Care Bears. Okay. 
and how they could just love their way out of problems. Yeah, which... they all had their own little like superhero part of them, like a like a super thing that they did. Yeah, and he's like, and you can just shoot love out of your chest. And he's like, I can shoot love onto a chest. You know, that's the second best thing. <laughs> um, then he has a, a surprisingly a bit of a serious moment about anger in America that started in World War II with black people going to Europe and basically being treated like kings and women uh, joining the workforce. And then, then he says... Um, you know, like women started learning new words. Like once people came back from the war, like, no, shut up. I don't want to. <laughs> right. So that was that was pretty funny. Um, and then during during this time, there's also a bunch of assassinations um, and Bill Cosby sexually assaulted 54 people. Wow. Which it then talks about, you know, that's a hero for me growing up as a as um, a as a man. comedian. Yeah. Um, and he calls them, he does call him the Steph Curry of sexual assault, which Aww. is like hilarious, but yeah, yeah. awful at the same time. Um, then he's talking about a fan that actually tried to charge the stage at another show because he was talking about Bill Cosby and he's like, yeah, you know, like I wasn't talking about it for that long. He's like, no, nah, actually it was like 25 minutes of talking <laughs> about Bill Cosby. Um, he finds out about Kevin Hart's success, like how successful he is because his son comes to him and says, dad i need 250 dollars and he's like oh my god like is someone trying to kill you like my son his son is very young and he's like no i need them for kevin hart tickets he's like how much are they he's like 125 each and he goes damn mine are 80 <laughs> uh, and he actually goes back and meets kevin hart and kind of whatever city they were they were in uh wherever they were, he was performing had like jerseys i assume they were basketball jerseys he didn't say exactly what but had jerseys with k hart stitched on them okay and so kevin hart grabs one of the jerseys gives it to Chappelle's son and says if your dad ever makes you mad put this on oh nice. and then he walks out and that was the end of there they That's had like up. a dinner together um then he wraps wraps up the the superhero before about padding vaginas yeah uh he then says is bill cosby like oh. he circles back and basically says that that superhero is bill cosby oh no and then he walks off but walks back on the stage and he's like guys i gotta tell you the fourth time i met oj and <laughs> yeah. it was just such a good end of the show he talks about uh the kentucky derby he had just quit the Chappelle show and oj wanted a picture with dave and chris tucker who mm-hmm. both of them at that point were kind of off the map and they both said no to him mm. because, and Dave said something along the lines of, my career can't handle a picture with you right now. Wow. Good that, for him, though. Yeah. And that's the end of the show. He comes back to talk about, uh, there's a comedian that I now can't remember his name, but he had passed away that week and Fife oh, Dog okay. had passed away at that time. So uh, he came back and just let, let his condolences. Yeah. And yeah, that was the end of the show. What, sorry, what year was this? 2017. Oh, okay. So then he did, he actually ended up doing three more Netflix specials in this year. Oh, okay. Wow. Which, and they were all, to me, top notch. And has he done any, like, recently? Like, yeah, I think last, he's, like, con- year? Oh, I okay. think he's continued. I, okay. I haven't watched them, but. My favorite thing about him, like, I haven't watched, um, I don't even know if I've watched a whole one. I'm not sure, but um, it's just, 
he doesn't care. Like he can say whatever he wants because he doesn't, he gives the impression he doesn't care. He's like, okay, cancel me. Like, I don't, I don't care. Right. He canceled himself for the longest time. One of his other specials, he has this, again, he loves talking about transgender people. It's, it's partially like, I don't want to say making fun of them, but he's making jokes at their expense, but also like bringing awareness at the same time, which I think is really cool. Yeah. Yeah. And he was talking about, there was this woman in the club and she had a deeper voice and you know he's kind of he's a little bit confused and the person goes like he says this person falls and dave's like oh my god like man can i help you up and it's like i'm a woman and he goes okay sorry ma'am your dick's out right (laughs) right so he has yeah he has this just like i don't care yeah if he can't if you cancel him he he'll just go okay yeah it's not it's not a big deal to him which it's it's good that someone like that exists well it just makes it so you know he can get away with it because nobody wants him to be canceled no matter what he says i think the thing with comedians as i was thinking as you were saying these jokes and how people stand-up comedians specials and people are not for everyone because people are sensitive and that's okay if you're sensitive but my pet peeve of that is if you don't like someone, then just don't watch it. But you don't have to like hate on them or try and get them canceled or, you know, like just don't watch it. I remember when Howard Stern was pretty new and he was very out there for what the world was used to and everyone tried to cancel him. And it was just, it just made him more powerful because then people were like, now I want to listen. Why, why does everyone want him canceled? So I always think that's kind of funny. Mm-hmm. So I watched Bo Burnham make happy on Rotten Tomatoes, a hundred percent and audience score 90, which I can see why people, why it wouldn't be a hundred as well. Because again, if you are sensitive or get offended easily, Bo Burnham is not for you. He is not your typical comedians. Okay. So sorry, I'll go back. So this was in 2016. It's a one hour special on Netflix, make happy. It's his second one. Um, so I think if people had seen the first one, then you would kind of know his humor or how he delivers his humor. Um, he's very honest about everything. Like he doesn't, there's nothing that's kind of off limits. The way he presents his information is very different than any stand-up comedian. He doesn't just stand at a microphone. He is running around the stage. He is singing songs at a piano. He's got this light show. He's got... Um, like it's just, it's unlike any other stand, like it's not even in the same box as stand-up comedian. It's almost like we need a new name just for him, just for like, right. Um, yeah. So he's, his, his, so he talks about his struggles a lot and he's, he's, one of the things is he's always like, I'm trying to please you, but I want to stay true to me. And like, he's very big on you know, like he'll run to go and go to play on the piano and everyone starts cheering and they'll be like, no, fuck you. I'm not going to play now. And he'll like walk away from it. And, um, although, you know, it's very choreographed, it does still feel very authentic and, and, um, planned every, everything could, he even has a joke where he says everything is down to the gesture and he does like a finger gun and it goes, yeah. So he, it is planned, but yet it still feels like it's not which is really interesting how he does. Um, He makes fun of uh, people that make money. No one is safe. Like no one is safe. You are celebrities, white man. Uh, He'll tell the audience to shut up all the time. He'll call them idiots. 
Um, it's a lot of music. It's um, very, so he'll do, he'll be singing and he'll have all these lights going, singing, and then all of a sudden the lights are just on and he's standing there and so it'll be blah, 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 blah. And then lights go normal and he's like, so the other day I was at the dentist office and like he, he can switch gears really fast and you have to, it's almost like something you'd have to watch a few times just to get everything, which I know you have because you know all the words to the song. I'm, I I would say at this point, I'm close to double digits yeah. of watching this special. Right. This particular one. Yeah. Yeah. So he's got, I didn't really, there's nothing like yours where I could do jokes because he doesn't really have that. Like, it's not like, it's more like songs making fun of, say, like, um, you know, his first one is I Love You Masturbation. Um, he's got straight white males, which you can guess what that's about. Uh, white people. Um, I'm a little teapot where he gets everyone to sing along. And uh, then Country Song was one of my favorites where he's just making fun of country singers. More of the pop country singers. Uh, he does use Keith Urban as an example of just stadium country singers is what he calls them. And he's like... You just have to say a few words and then it's a country song like, you know, it's during cold beer and I got my jeans and I got my, you know, and then he's doing his whole little spiel. Uh, he makes fun of celebrity lip syncing, which I love lip syncing, but but I like it, it. it is very accurate when he says there's two versions of it yeah, and it's either yeah. a man doing a woman's, woman's song, song or it's this privileged little white, white girl doing a song like fuck the police which was a song about like class struggle at that time yeah that has been boiled down to like this little girl yeah singing it yeah it is super inappropriate yeah and not yeah they're just fun but um he's got the one kill yourself he's got a whole bunch in between that but uh kill yourself which i thought was um like, it's like he just toes the line of inappropriate. I personally love it, but I can, it's not for everyone because he doesn't actually want you to kill yourself. But, and he does that after the song. He goes, Don't kill yourself. Yeah. But the song is like, it's written so well where he's giving you so many examples of how to kill yourself. Like, give a kiss to an oncoming train, chug yeah. a cup of light- lighter fluid, make some toast in the tub. Or, and he's also, because he was talking about songs like Brave or Roar, then even, to me the song is at its best when he goes you know like i feel like you guys pulled back and he kind of has this moment but then he also goes if you are taking motivation from katie perry perry's lyrics kill yourself yeah yeah so he's not yeah he's not saying like that's what you should be doing but um he's just like i think he's like challenging the norm that's all it is right and he is pushing himself as an artist and um, he's got one about the Kanye rant, how he had gone to a concert and he, Kanye went talking. He's like, he talked for 20 minutes, mostly about how his $90 t-shirts weren't selling. And like, he just, um, yeah, I don't, he's hard to describe. He, that's why I was thinking like, he's just a hard one to describe. Um, I would say if you're gonna watch one though, it would be inside. They're, inside, they're, inside, out? inside, inside, just inside. Yeah. They're very different um, or just watch them all from beginning. Watch the evolution of him. Right. Um, at the very end, he's got one called like, are you happy? And he wants to know if the audience is happy. But then he's also like, I don't give a shit. Like he's right. Like, yeah, he just has um, he would just he'll push you. He'll make you laugh, too. Like people were yelling in the audience, like take off your pants. And like, you know, people were people in that audience love him. So, yeah. 
I don't know. There's not, he's just hard to explain. I don't know. He's just, he isn't like stand up comedian. He doesn't stand there and just tell jokes, right? Yeah, so. He does them in very, and has these like little skits in between songs of like, I, like he saw a beautiful penis or, um, making peanut butter and jelly sandwiches when you're drunk versus when you're high like yeah. he just has all of these like unique little things that just keep you so engaged and like i think one of my favorite things has to be he's like oh do you guys know what continuity errors are he's like in one shot it's like this and then another shot and he turns and he's wearing a t-shirt <laughs> opposed to the like crew neck he was wearing yeah like he's just it's so well choreographed yeah so he is the writer, and I believe he was the director too, but I should look that up maybe. But I, oh no, there is another guy on that list. I remember that. Um, but I'm just thinking, just even the lights to me were impressive. Like, if you don't even like him, just watch it for the light show because it is, at one point, he's on the stage and he's got those like kind of yellow lights all behind him, and it's like a silhouette of him. It's just beautiful. Like, it's. Motherfuckers got moving candles. <laughs> and then even with the other special he does inside, it's just beautiful. Like he's just, yeah, he's a real visionary and he's, um, he's just really special. He's, he's a really special comedian human. Yeah. It's such right? a, yeah. It's such a, you, that's the thing is you can't put him in a box. Cause you can't put him in a box. He's an actor, writer, director. Yeah. Yeah. So if you haven't, seen his shows if you've seen promising young woman he is the lead guy with um uh carrie milligan like the love interest or whatever so that's him really tall oh, yeah he was supposed to play larry bird in the hbo show but they ended up changing that which i'm i'm you okay think it's with better yeah yeah i thought it was a good idea but the guy they picked looks like larry bird oh uh, okay i i think he could get out well maybe it's hard because he has like a mustache right it's like the larry bird like staple look you can put one on yeah i'm not saying he has to grow one yeah anyways yeah that's that i highly recommend it it might you never know when we do our top 10 where it'll end up which is right now yeah you go ahead first (laughs) okay we're gonna do our top 10 what do you have at number 10 i have um something really special that i just can't share okay so you go ahead. Uh, number 10 is going to start with some controversy because... I love it. Not when I say it. Oh, um, okay. it. It's hard when people make bad choices and still have great work. I think every day oh, okay. I struggle with the... Do you separate the artist and what they've done? Mm-hmm. Uh, my first one is Louis C.K. Yep. Oh, my God. He did this and it was filmed in Arizona. And he's on... It's probably one of the cooler looking stages where... He's kind of surrounded by people and is in like a octagon, hexagon type of shape. So it's kind of hard to, it'd be hard to have been there watching it. Cause like for a lot of the show, his back is probably to you. Right. Um, but he is just to me at his best in this show. And it's before, or probably was during, to be honest, all the stuff that happened with him. Cause I know he's back now and like is doing shows. I think he sold out Madison square garden. I think it's, um, I think we're learning as a society though. Like people, you can't cancel people. Like they have, you have to give them a chance to grow. So he should be given another chance with all his new information of how his behavior was terrible. And let's go forward with that. Right. Because he is still, um, he is, he's, uh, a very good comedian and 
maybe he deserves a second chance. Yeah, this one in particular, he has a bit about um, in his brain, which he probably should have used. There is, there's two thoughts. There's of course, but maybe. Okay. And it's like, of course, people that go overseas in the military deserve like all of our help. Of course, of course. But maybe, right. maybe if you're going overseas shooting at people and you get shot, it's kind of your fault. Right, right. Or the better one is, of course, children with peanut allergies, like, deserve all the, like, proper resources to help them. Of course, of course. But maybe, <laughs> maybe if we just did this and he covers his eyes, we wouldn't have peanut allergies anymore. Right. <laughs> so yeah. it is controversial, but I, he's he is a funny comedian that's done a lot of wrong. Right. Yeah, that's a good way to put it, for sure. Uh, my number nine is um, I put the re- redneck kings of comedy. So I did, like, Jeff Foxworthy and Larry the Cable Guy. Like, when they ever did – there was another guy I know, but Bill something. Anyways, um, when they did their shows, like, Dad and I always really loved them. We, I thought that was, like, here's your sign. And um, Larry the Cable Guy was really funny. And then he was in – he was tall mater. In the Cars franchise, yeah. Uh, I'm trying to look up who the third guy is. Uh, I think it's Bill. Uh, yeah. Bill Engvall, and there's also Ron White, which oh, okay. Um, it's funny to tie this into something else that's on TV right now. Ted Lasso. One of the episodes, he talks about how much he loved those guys, and he tried to grow facial hair like them. Mm-hmm. And he started with Larry the Cable Guy and his like big scruffy like goatee. He realized that didn't work, so he went with the Jeff Foxworthy. Oh, why he has the mustache? Oh, fun. Yeah, no, I always like them. I'm like, they're not around now. Like, I, don't, I wouldn't, maybe they still are doing their thing. But at one point, they were huge. Like, they were, they were really big. And if they were, if there was a comedy special that they were involved with, then we were watching it. So that's my number nine. I think we missed your number 10. Oh, weird. Oh. Go ahead. All right. My number nine is uh, Daniel Sloss. Uh, okay. His, uh, he's done a couple, but this one in particular, Dark, which was showed to me by uh, my buddy Stefan, who's a big fan of this guy. So I wanted to shout him out um it is very like a more i would consider him a more aggressive bo burnham not in the sense of like he's done doing the song and stuff he is a stand-up comedian but he just he weaves in like he talks about his sister josie that had cerebral palsy and manages to make one of the most like devastating but hilarious jokes about her wow about what's what happened in her life mm-hmm. um yeah, very aggressive. He's born in England, but he's Scottish, so the accent part is pretty pretty fun of yeah, like yeah. hearing something a little different. Same with uh, there's another guy that I can't think of, it's Jimmy Carr, I think. Okay, because he's British, so it's good to expand outside of uh, out of outside of North America. And I know he has a he's done a special more recently, but I have not watched that yet. So oh, okay. Daniel Sloss, Dark. Nice. Um, I have my number eight. I did Ellen DeGeneres here and now. So what I, you know, what I liked about her back then, um, is I know she's kind of in the media for a lot of bad behavior, but what I liked about that comedy show is, um, it was actually very PG, but still really funny. So it does show that you can be funny and PG. Listen, I like the cruder, the better. I don't get offended. I'm fine with it, but I do think it's impressive to have a clean, funny show. I just think it's, you know, I just think it's a good, I think it shows your writing skills as a comedian, if you can also keep it clean, but yeah. 
Uh, my that was no- my number eight. Okay. Okay. Uh, my number eight is Eric Andre. Uh, okay. Called Legalize Everything. He does this show. I believe it's in New Orleans. Um, and it's hard. Uh, Eric Andre is a hard one to describe yeah. to. He's very high energy. He even talks about how um, everyone thinks of him as the crazy guy that's going to like run and break stuff. And he doesn't always want to be like that. But it's just kind of his shtick at this point. The most memorable thing I can remember out of it is he talked about there was a law in place. I believe it was during World War II that you could deny uh, a soldier living in your house. Oh, okay. So in case in case a soldier tried to just live in your house, no, thank you. You could just stop them. Yeah, no. It is very. He's very loud, very aggressive, very over the top, but very well done. Special, right? Um, Amy Schumer growing. I had to choose cause I've seen all of her. So I had to choose which one I thought was the funniest and growing was, uh, she had had her son. So there was a lot of the mom kind of jokes and the marriage jokes. And so I like those, like you and I are going to have very different comedy specials. Um, so yeah, no, I just, yeah. Amy Schumer, you know, you know, my love for her. I do. Okay. I'll, I'll keep is my, she, is she on your list? Uh, yeah, she's up higher. Honorable right? mention. Okay. Uh, my number seven is Hassan Minhaj, uh, otherwise known. He had the Netflix show. He was yeah, on. Yeah, he's the, been on Dax a few times. Was on Dax the Daily really, Show. Yeah, Dax uh, really likes him. So too. he did a comedy special called The Homecoming King, and it's been a while since I've seen it, so I can't really remember much from it. But just any anybody out of the product of The Daily Show, I just think is is really funny. Like now they're at this point without Trevor Noah. Yeah. What what do they do next? And like. Jordan Klepper has hosted some say. of it. Ronnie Chang, he's really funny. They've done a few guest hosts. John Leguizamo, who just decides to complain about everything. Mm-hmm. Not my favorite person right now. But um, uh, Asin Minhaj, Homecoming King, definitely definitely worth the watch. I believe it's on Netflix. Okay, fun. Um, I put Jerry Seinfeld. Uh, it's the latest one. I don't remember what it was called. So I just said the, the latest one I thought was really funny. My favorite thing about him is when he kind of came out and he said, like, I have Asperger's, I'm, you know, I'm on the spectrum. And um, then hearing kind of once he's told people that, how he goes about in the world. So, and I just found it really, it's funny, right? I mean, it's... What's the deal? <laughs> yeah. And then the show. And so, yeah, it would have to be Seinfeld. Uh, I haven't watched his most recent special, but my number six is John Mulaney, the comeback kid. Right. It was another one where I just couldn't really remember. He's had a couple. Um, I think it was one that was more recent, but he talked about how his now ex-wife was in love with Timothy Chalamet. That wasn't this special, but I'm interested to see the new one because apparently people don't like him anymore. Oh, what did he do? I don't know, but he also went to rehab, so he's working on himself so oh what an asshole i don't think it was because of that <laughs> but well i mean he's yeah very talented i would say one of those people that is definitely more talented as a writer than a performer but still a very good performer yeah i have seen his stand-up before and i do think he's funny but i don't always think his delivery or something there's something always a little lacking for me yeah, but like, i can't remember if it was this one but when he was a kid his parents who are both lawyers um it was when Princess Diana died, murdered, whatever you want to call it, mm-hmm. had happened. And they tried to blame, like, 
John, like his parents tried to blame him oh. for it. They're like, where were you? And he was like, I, I was here at home. They're like, can you prove that? Oh my gosh. Well. That's traumatizing too, though, a little bit, but funny. That's probably where he got his humor from, right? What was he, the writer? He was SNL? SNL writer. And was he somewhere else too? He wasn't on The Daily Show. Don't think so. Oh, okay. SNL is definitely, because he was the one, him and Bill Hader did Stefan, was right, definitely right. his more iconic character yeah that's funny uh my number five i put sarah silverman listen i'll take her any way i can get her i think she's hilarious she also has i put speck of dust but i mean i'll i'll take any of them um i also like her because she has an ability kind of not bo burnham style but where she can talk about serious things but then like bring bring light to certain um world atrocities but still be funny so I think that's I mean that's a hard thing to do because you're saying your opinion like she's got a lot about uh women's rights and like for their bodies and not just like pay but just like our bodies and stuff um but she still is funny which well funny to me sorry I should say funny to me because yeah so Sarah Silverman what number was that Oh, that was my number five, Jack. Thank you. Uh, my number five is Kevin Hart. I picked uh, Laugh at Your Pain, Laugh at My Pain. He was someone for a very long time, to me, was just the funniest person on earth. Then he got to the point where all of his jokes seemed to be like, oh, my God, don't I'm you hate short. it when you're like, oh. no, not oh. even that. It would be like, don't you hate it when, like, you're so rich? Like, he kind of turned into that kind of comedian where mm. it was less relatable. Um, but when Kevin Hart was in that i don't know it probably was like a five or six year span there was just there was no one funnier and, and anybody that watched him you could just go like all right all right all right or right. like you're gonna learn today and people are gonna remember those those bits that he had didn't he wasn't he the comedian that slept in his car and then somebody gave him a big break like somebody i can't remember who it was anyways it was anyways I, it'll maybe i'll come to him i'm not thinking about it so recently I saw this, my number four, Nate Bergazzi. Okay. I looked it up how to say it because it is an A, but it's pronounced get, getsy, pergetsy. Anyways, um, it, I did the greatest average American. I'm pretty sure that's the one I saw. Um, he is, comes up on my TikTok all the time. I would say every third or fourth TikTok is him because I will, will watch it all the way through. I will like them. I will share them. I will. I think he's one of the funniest people. And he's also pretty clean too, which is a f funny. He's got a couple of really, really good ones. It's, it's the way he delivers it and he talks it. That's what makes me laugh. Like his latest one he was talking about, he goes, so, you know, I have a sister, she's 10 years younger Apparently she was raised by her best friends and, and, you know, and then he'll start talking about the differences of, of them being raised 10 years apart or whatever. And yeah. Anyways, so he makes me laugh. Have I ever sent him to you? Yeah. You don't think he's as funny as I do? I think it, it's one of those, like, it's comedy that's made more for you. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's fair. Stuff that, like, I still think it's funny, but like, I also haven't lived through what he talks about. Yeah. Yeah. Cause he's, it's a lot of marriage a lot of marriage stuff and he's got one daughter so he'll talk a little bit about her but it is mostly like kind of marriage jokes so I think he's like 
one of the funniest. They, oh, sorry. The, la- the last thing I want to say is the, la- the latest one I showed dad was in a relationship, you have a dreamer. And he goes, you, you can't have two dreamers. You're going to be homeless. Like you have to have a dreamer and then somebody who doesn't want to have fun ever. And the dreamer is money's not real and we're just going to have fun. And he goes, that's me and my wife. She does not. It, we do not want to have fun. Never. So I showed dad that. And now that's like our running joke in the house. And he's like, well, you know, you are the dreamer. And I'm like, yes. So anyways, yeah, it is true. It's more relatable in my life. So I'm actually surprised it's not higher. I'm debating that now. I should have put him higher. But I realized that I didn't put anybody that I've seen live. Oh, like yeah? any of the three comedians that I saw. What I just about the one you just Well, saw? I know that I just saw oh, him. He okay. was in my lap, but I didn't think of it. I just thought of specials that I've watched. Oh, wow. Like, watch not in person, which I guess doesn't make sense. Okay. But they would they would be up there. All yeah. three of them are really funny. Uh, my number four is going to probably become a bit of a shock to you, but it is Bo Burnham's Inside. What? I think it is one of the most beautiful just things i don't even know what to call it ever created it's not quite a stand-up special so that's why it's bumped down a little bit because it isn't the traditional yeah the traditional being on stage but it is an incredible special higher for me uh my number three is chelsea handler evolution just saw her last june and um she just makes me laugh i love her instagram i love her tiktoks um i love how pissed off she's making certain men in the world because of her choice not to have kids um and how mad they get at her about this like tucker carlson or whatever all these republicans just hate her because she is outspoken and we can't have women having a voice right and she is so funny what was sad about that one is her boyfriend at the time joe coy came out he's also a comedian at the time they were together and they had this whole like thing together and they were so cute and then like literally a month later they broke up and i was like but you guys were so cute why um but he was really funny too like they had a whole like thing and it was funny so yep uh my number three is a special that i just talked about dave Chappelle, the art of spin i just think it's incredible to weave around such difficult topics and to keep bringing back the oj simpson oh the second time the third time i met him and before i leave here's the fourth time and to somehow like spin the bill cosby thing into something like remotely even if it was even if you watch it and it's somewhere close to funny, that to me is genius. Right, right. Um, I need to watch that. You know what else I need to watch? Richard Pryor. He was on all of my lists. Like, number it, one. It, it's just, like, I've, I've watched a special or two from him. It's, no, it's like, a generational and stuff oh, okay. that, like, I never lived through. I remember he was on SNL and Chevy Chase called him the N-word. Oh. I don't know if it was part of the part of the um sketch or not okay but this was also like 1970 something when it started so wow um i put for my number two eddie murphy i'm not sure if it's raw or delirious but he was my very first stand-up show i ever saw like on tv i'm just not entirely sure which one it was but he had a bit about ice cream the ice cream truck is here and I still remember it I haven't watched it since I was whatever 10 or however old I was um but I remember watching it and just like the whole household was just I mean just tears streaming down our face laughing so I should figure out which one it is but it's either raw or delirious those are the two big ones 
One was in 83 and one was in 87. So I, I would imagine I probably saw the 87 one because I think if I saw 83, I would have only been 10. So I might not have gotten those jokes, right? But then give me four more years. I'm 14. That makes more sense to me. But yeah, I'm not sure. That's That would be raw then. So ice cream truck. Ice cream truck. I don't know why that's so funny, but. Uh, my number two is uh, one of the most fascinating people in the world, and that is Donald Glover. Yeah. And his special weirdo, which you saw a bit of it with me before we watched Bo Burnham, because I was just trying to remember all the bits from it. Um, one of them, one of the great ones has to be at the time people. So this is right before they were about to do the Andrew Garfield Spider-Man movies. And he somehow got volunteered to be Spider-Man because they were doing it so close together that they wanted to make it different. You know, Spider-Man doesn't have to be like white. Why not make him black? Totally. And he just has this thing about like half the people when like Donald Glover for Spider-Man, we're not going to see the next Spider-Man unless Donald Glover's Peter Parker. And then the other half was like, he's black, kill him. <laughs> and right. he's just so over the top. And it's amazing to see that he's like, this is the same person that is the rapper Childish Gambino was on community does. This is the writer of Atlanta. Like it's just one of the most fascinating things. Apparently there was a Lady Gaga Kanye tour that almost happened. So he describes what his like dream of that was going to be. Oh Yeah. And um, he talks about how kids are tiny Hitlers. And you really laughed at um, that. He said that AIDS and having babies are like pretty much the same thing. Um, But the story he uses was that he was walking out of a restaurant and two kids were fighting over a basketball. And one kid rips the other rips the ball away from the other kid. The other kid gets up and goes, that's why your mom's in a fucking wheelchair. Yeah. And it's and he like dropped his food and he's like, oh, my God, you can say that and not explode. Right. So that is just the. The monsters that kids are. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That was funny. That made me laugh. Uh, my number one's Bo Burnham. I know you said he was your number four, and you said because it's not traditional, but I think that's why I liked it. I feel like that uh, made such an impact on me, and it just brings to light so many world topics, but it'll still make you laugh, and it's visually really stimulating, and it's... He's just a genius. I don't I don't know how else to describe him. Like, he's just a genius. So I, I had to put him at number one. Like, there's nothing like when I was doing it, I was like, those are funny, but there's just nothing like him. Like, he's just so special. There one that needs to be, if you ever in the future need to look back at what the world was like in 2020, it's, it's encapsulated in this. He, yeah. He is inside by himself, most likely by himself for an entire year yeah yeah and you just pandemic so you would like what a great time capsule like you said that would be to go back and look on not that any of us want to relive those days but it's just when we can laugh about it you can watch that special and go yep that's what it felt like yeah but then he'll also do like white woman's instagram um like so it's still funny like he's still he is still funny yet like honestly i laughed i cried i was like oh my God, should I pause this? I'm having an existential crisis. Like you'll, you'll really go through the gambit of emotions and that just really makes it special. So, yeah. Uh, my number one still, still sticks with Bo Burnham and it is Make Happy, the one yeah. you just watched. The, the more traditional of his stand-up specials. Um, just the music, I can sing every lyric of it and it is just every like straight white male where he's complaining about his problems that he has. And like, uh, the church has never made me feel bad for who I am. Right. And it is so like, 
he can have these moments where he just goes like, all right, if you're having a good time, make some silence. Yeah. And he just has these moments with the crowd and he has these like he turns up the house lights to kind of talk to them, but also is like, okay, turn the lights off. They're freaking me out. I don't want to see them anymore. So he has that like good interaction. Yeah. The music, the moving around and um, even like the one bit where I can't remember what the joke was, but he was just like, okay, cut the track. And it plays like a vinyl turning off. And he's like, oh, my God, did to to press that onto vinyl like as yeah. opposed to just having it on a cd like yeah, he just yeah. is it genius is the right word for him yeah he's he just incredible and in stage presence and everything everything you want from everything. a comedian yeah for sure i know i asked you i was like if he comes here do you want to see him you're like i would give anything right it's a heart in a heartbeat yeah because sure. that was the thing about I, I remember from inside was that in 2020, he started performing again, yeah. which he hadn't done for years. Five because, years or something, right? Like his crippling anxiety. Yeah. But he was back on stage. Maybe maybe one day we'll get to see him. Maybe. You never know. Yep. That was fun. Ha, ha, ha. Ha, ha, ha. Um, that brings us to next week. Uh, we have our IMC's Road to Perdition and Miss Bala. Yes. And then we have a self-made director bracket. You know, have you start working on it? I like mentally have started, but yeah, yeah. physically haven't written it down. Okay. So we're doing 16, right? 16, so. eight and eight. All right. Thanks. Yeah. You got anything else? Got nothing else. All right. Then besides that, we will see you next time. Bye.